This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you this morning? I got to tell you, I'm a little tired. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> it was uh, it was a two overtime game last night. I don't usually stay up past uh, past the end of the third period, but I thought the Stanley Cup was going to be awarded last night, and uh, uh, I didn't want to miss it. It's one of the great events in sports. There's the, no more treasured uh, trophy in sports than the Stanley Cup. It's the whole ceremony. The guy bringing it out with the white gloves. I said, I'm staying up. I got to watch this thing. I, I ain't going to miss it. And of course, I would have. Uh, I'm interesting to see when they do award the Stanley Cup whether they're going to pipe in the booze for <laughs> not the, not liquor, the booze, the cat calls for Gary Bettman. That that would certainly be appropriate. Uh, so I'm a little bit tired this morning. Stanley Cup didn't get awarded. If you're getting up uh, late, uh, early this morning, uh, Dallas Stars beat Tampa last night in in the second overtime period. Um, so uh, we do wanted to talk. Uh, some baseball this morning, Naz, and I'm pleased to welcome to the, uh, we're going to talk some baseball, some basketball, and a uh, whole bunch of other stuff. There's a lot going on. Uh, uh, we also have, uh, joining us this morning, former Raptors coach Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? We're, we're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us, and just uh, an introduction to you, Butch. Uh, um uh, thanks once again for joining us. And uh, later on in the hour, we're going to have John Amendola is going to join us. There's a sports card insanity going on right now since COVID started. Uh, the world of collectibles, especially sports ca- cards, has gone insane. Cards are going for incredible, incredible values. And uh, we're going to catch up. We've talked about sports card collecting on the show a few times. And uh, we want to catch up on that market. Uh, guys. We're going to turn our attention this week. Uh, the, the, the sporting world in Toronto is going to have its eyes focused on the Toronto Blue Jays. Naz, are you surprised that uh, you know there's a lot, last games today just to set it up? Uh, the, the Jays have a game today. If they win and the Yankees lose, uh, Jays finish second in their division and get the second place team in the Central, I believe. Um, but they need a combination of certain factors today. If uh, right now, if it uh, looks like we're probably going to get Tampa Bay in the first round, first of all, different uh, playoff setup, short season. Um, you know, we can uh, be critical all we want, you know, but the Chiefs are in the playoffs come Tuesday, and we're going to be watching, um, certainly in the Toronto area, uh, across Canada. They, in certain ways, they're Canada's team. Uh, surprise, Ness? 
I'm very surprised. Last week they were when we were talking on Sunday they were in a six game losing streak and they won five out of the last six. Very surprising team. Um, no, finish your thoughts, Ness. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. They could, they could win a round for sure, and uh, they're, they're pitch, if their pitching holds up, they'll be uh, a great series. They're going to play Tampa Bay or the White Sox. Well. Um, interesting uh, matchups, Butch. Want to get you involved at this point? Uh, you know, we've got a lot of basketball to talk about, uh, but uh, like I said, the focus of attention this week will be the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Butch, uh, I don't know if you've been watching the Jays at all. I know you're a sports fan of all sports. Um, your sense of uh, the Jays, a lot of young players, uh, patchwork pitching staff most of the year, but uh, seem to be have gotten it together in the last week. Uh, four straight, as Nat says, six to seven. They're on a little bit of a roll. Uh, what are you going to be watching for, Butch? Well, I think their Achilles heel has been um... – some of their play in the outfield, um, and also they've been at times unbelievably horrid on the base pass. The mental mistakes they've made on the base pass, you can make a, a bloopers video on. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all surprised. Um, I also think that, you know, this uh, little run in a shortened season probably could help them in free agency and the perception of them in free agency. Um, I am a Blue Jays fan, uh, you know, living here the last 20 years, a big fan of, of the Blue Jays in the American League. Um, but I think that, you know, the mental errors that they were, when they were going through that six game losing streak, uh, people wanted to point it at, at pitching, but some of the base paths, um, mistakes they were making were something that you see in Little League. Ness, um, Jays, um, you know, pitching, pitching, especially the first series, will be a two out of three. Um, so, you know, you, you you can win this thing and lose this thing like really, really quick. And you know, you get a couple of hot pitchers, and it's it, and the other team is toast. Um, Jays had this young kid uh, come up um, right at the right this week. He throws he throws fire. Uh, I know you've made some comments about him on social media. Um, Nate Pearson uh, is throwing the ball up to 102 miles an hour. Good luck, uh, good luck to the batters on those ones. And he and he's got a, he's got a slider that comes in in, in uh, I don't know in the high 90s. I don't know if that's even possible. Nas, um, I know you've made some comments about him. Um, uh, tell us, I think he should be the closer now. Uh, with that kind of an arm, you certainly would expect it. But uh, tell us what you see in Nate Pearson and the uh, the gentleman they picked up from the Dodgers last team. Uh, I'm quite frank, I haven't watched. I just got interested in the Jays again. It's been an upside down season this year, and uh, the close, not the closer, the pitcher Ryu uh, seems to be pulling it together at this time too. Um, Tampa and the Jays. Let's see. Let's say we have that series. Um, Jays had a bit of success against Tampa this year, didn't they? They have. They've uh, beaten them, I think, four times. And uh, they've played really close games against them. And I agree with Bush. Their defense has been brutal. And the base feeling. But they, they, they should be okay against Tampa. They know, at least they know what they're like. If they play the White Sox, 
We haven't seen him all year, so it'll be an interesting series. Uh, Ryu has been, been great. Since the first two games of the season, he's got Cy Young Award uh, numbers, for sure. Uh, Butch, uh, you know, you, you pointed out some uh, areas of concern on the Blue Jays. But it, at the end of the day, they are an incredibly young team. Um, a lot of young players. Um, you get the sense that a lot of a lot of the mistakes are just young players learning the ropes, and that you know they are a young team. If they gel, and they seem to be gelling, could they be a big handful for everybody else? Could they go far in these playoffs? Well, they're talented, but I think the mistakes are just uh, excuse it. But I just think it's stupidity. I mean, um, Charlie Montoya's had to pull what Harry's got left out uh, watching <laughs> the mistakes that are being made. You know, one of the other events, didn't Charlie Montoya come out of that Tampa Bay organization? Um, so he should know that organization pretty well. But Tampa, in their starting lineup, I think they've got six or seven left-handed hitters. So I think it's going to be the start. But I, 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 I disagree with uh, any perception, well, they're just making other mistakes because they're young. Uh, in, all, in all sports, players that are smarter than other players, there's always a drastic difference between them. And, you know, the mistakes that I saw um, uh, are just, you know, again, you would, you would think you'd see them in a, in a little league game and understand it, not in a major league game. And uh, if, if those kind of mistakes are made, Tampa Bay is the kind of team that their organization, those guys are mentally trained to take advantage of. So uh, it really seems with Bo Bichette back, is Bo swinging the bat well, and the pitchers get off to a good start in the first uh, three innings, they do very well. Um, but I'm just saying, normally, uh, poor mental play in baseball comes back and haunts you uh, with one or two runs that they should, that a team shouldn't have. Uh, curious, Butch, uh, from a coach's perspective, uh, it's it's a uh, you know things are a little bit different. The, the normal normal rules of engagement uh, don't apply this year. We got a two out of three series. Um, who does that benefit? Does that benefit a team like Tampa that's got more experience um, and obviously better record perception? Perception is that they're a, a you know a better team all around, uh, but two games can go by really quickly. Or does it benefit a young team like the Blue Jays, who, to a certain extent, I, I can't see that uh, this like a free pass. There's no pressure on them. Like they they've exceeded expectations, and you know they're they're probably able to play, uh, for lack of a better word, loose. Uh, it seems like all the pressures on, uh, and I'm and I'm just. We don't know whether it's going to yeah. be Tampa. It looks that way. Could be, or it yeah. could be another team. Historically, um, historically, short series are anyone can win. All right, uh, teams have gone from the wild card and won um, the World Series. Uh, it's it's a great opportunity. Tampa would probably be better um, in a longer series, five or seven game series, because they have more depth in pitching. Uh, Remember, throughout this short regular season, the Blue Jays only had one pitcher go seven innings, and that was last week. So, um, a short series, anyone can win. Uh, 
in basketball short series. That's why they got rid of the five game series and went to seven um, because there were teams that were upsetting the favorites. So the short series really favors the team that wins the first game, and uh, you can throw everything else out the window uh, in a short series. Uh, Naz, before we go to break, uh, uh, pitching's obviously <laughs> pitching's obviously uh, the uh, the key to all playoff runs. Um, Jays have enough pitching depth. Um, analyze, analyze their staff. We've talked about Pearson. We've talked about Ryu. Uh, who else can we look for if the Jays are going to make any kind of a significant run in the playoffs? Um, who else has to be the key? Their, their bullpen has to hold up, Wally. Their bullpen has to hold up because they they haven't uh, the starters haven't pitched uh, past the seventh inning at all. They have one starter, Ryu, who pitched seven innings the other night. And they, their bullpen has to stay steady. That's going to be a tough task for uh, Montoya. Any key guys you can see there that uh, that could be uh, could make a difference for the Jays? I think Ryu is the big key there. He's the big key. Yeah, and they yeah, uh, they best, get them uh, started with a win, and then they can get into yeah, the they, second game, and hopefully they, they can take it. Interestingly enough, the bullpen yeah. has to hold up. Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, Montoya hasn't named Rio as a starter in Game 1. Uh, he had an outing the other night. Um, I think he had over his first time over 100 pitches. He was a little bit sore the next day. So I don't know if he's playing psychological games, but he hasn't, he hasn't been, he hasn't been uh, set as the pitcher in the first game. So that will be the first interesting decision, how, uh, how Montoya lines up his, uh, his starters for the series. But... Let's put it this way: uh, it's it's exciting uh, exciting to have the Jays in, in the playoffs. Uh, it's been an interesting interesting uh, few months. Uh, Jays having to play out of Buffalo, um, so we uh, we'll, we're excited. Uh, we certainly have our uh, be tuning into the Jays uh, this week, and we wish them the best. And hopefully, they go on uh, make some make some noise. The young guys bring it, and uh, they make and they. Uh, Go deep into the playoffs. That would be uh, that would certainly be uh, exciting time for Toronto sports fans. But we're going to ask you to hang in. We're going to go to break. Uh, when we come back from break, we certainly want to pick up the NBA discussion. Uh, L.A. Lakers are through to the finals. LeBron James is through to the finals. The Celtics and the Heat are still going at it. And who better to talk about that than Butch Carter? We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact-free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca 
There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.com. We've lost our connection with Naz uh, when you do these shows remotely. Uh, sometimes uh, the cell phone t- towers aren't exactly 100% at all times. Well, I'm sure we'll get them back shortly. For now, we have Butch Carter, former Raptors coach. coach Butch, uh, Lakers are through to the NBA Finals. Um, they finally put away uh, 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 Denver. Uh, the Dem- Denver Nuggets and Jamal Murray, who... Uh, had recovered from three, three to one deficits in the first two rounds, but they weren't uh, they weren't going to overcome LeBron James, uh, who seems to be on a mission. It's his tenth NBA Finals in the last thirteen years. Um, that is certainly a remarkable record. Um, if he wins the NBA Finals this year, that will be his fourth, I believe. Uh, doubtful he's going to get up to the. Uh, to the uh, uh, the the Russell uh, numbers and the Boston Celtics, but it was a different league in those days. But uh, you know what? Certainly, Michael Jordan's six titles might be in his future. Analyze the Lakers uh, Lakers Nuggets series for us. Well, the Lake the Lakers Nuggets series is really um, outside of the stars for LA playing well. I I thought the uh, Laker bench played well. Dwight. Dwight Howard, um, who's a Hall of Fame player, um, got back to just doing fundamental stuff. He did it very well. Um, Rondo was good. They were just they were just as a group. Um, LeBron knows he ne- he needs a team, and when you see he has ten assists and someone caught the ball and made a basket, so I think they just had more maturity. Um, Denver just kept screwing around with. With uh, well, we can get down one three, and then okay, we could come back. Well, you know, you're playing, you know, the best uh, player that's been probably in the last uh, decade in this performance, and um, they just weren't Lakers just weren't going to let them get away from it. I give Denver a lot of credit because I did not think they played well uh, coming into the playoffs. Um, they got hot when they needed to. Um, but the Lakers right now are seem to be a team of destiny, and uh, 
looks like the Lakers will hang another banner uh, when this finals uh, gets going. Uh, Naz, I understand we have you back on, so I'll, uh, yeah. I'll give you the opportunity. I'll turn it over to you. But uh, Jamal Murray, what do you think of his development so far? Well, I mean, he is he is definitely developed. Um, I wish he wasn't in the Denver market. Uh, if he were in a bigger market, he'd have a bigger star. Uh, it took this actual bubble games for you know Eastern people to watch Jamal Murray play. You know, we know he's from Kitchener. Uh, came through. Uh, uh, his dad was his trainer. Um, then uh, he played prep school, and then went to Kentucky. And the one thing when he was younger, I always thought he struggled because every jump shot he took, it was never the same. Uh, he took a lot of hard shots, but uh, clearly now in their offense, he's always been very mentally smart. Um, but he's been really good, um, definitely all-star level. Uh, that's what his play is going to lead to for next year, unless he falls off a cliff. Um, but outstanding play by him. Uh, but I'm. He's really fortunate that they had a bubble because the Eastern people got to see how good Jamal Murray can play. There were there were uh, talks after the you know as uh, as the playoffs went along that Jamal Murray has now taken his game to a level uh, not seen for a Canadian, I guess, since the days of Steve Nash. Um, you know he's 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 being talked about in 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 the context of being one of the top players in in the NBA, uh, one of the top ten. Uh, I don't know where you you want to slot them if that's even a useful exercise. But based on what you saw in the playoffs, if Jamal Murray continues, uh, and there's no reason why he can't, because if you can do it in the playoffs, you think you can do it in the regular season. Um, is he now one of the top players in the NBA? Where, where would you put him? He's definitely one of the top players in the West. Uh, he has not performed well when Denver has played Eastern teams. So again, that's you know, it, it's, it all comes in stages. Um, you know, Jamal Murray went to the NBA at 19 years old. He, the next five years are going to be his prime years. Um, but you know, all-star players uh, in the West, if they don't perform well when they when they play in Boston, in Miami, because you need the executives and the writers uh, talking about what your skill set is. And, and right now, he's done extremely well for the bubble games. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see how they carry forward next year, especially when they play against the top teams in the East. Uh, talking to Butch Carter, Butch, Lakers... NBA Finals, uh, Heat and Celtics are going to Game Six. Uh, what do you anticipate uh, the result of the Heat Celtics series and the winner of that one, a matchup against the Lakers? How would you how would you break that down? Well, if the Heat don't collapse in the third quarter, the, the series is over. Uh, they collapsed in the third quarter, and they allowed Jason Tatum to become a jump shooter. The the playoffs have shown that if you pressure Jason Tatum and force him to put the ball on the ground with his high dribble, he will turn the ball over, especially in crucial parts of the game. And um, in the third quarter, they allowed Jason Tatum to catch and shoot, and he made shots, and he got his confidence. And then they couldn't run him down. So um, 
you know, it's they were one quarter away. I, I don't think that uh, the Heat organization, uh, with their experience, will allow that to happen again. But you got, we got to remember this group. This is their first time in this depth uh, of playoff. I mean, I just every time I talk, look at Miami, I'm like, why did Chicago trade Jimmy Butler? Why did Minnesota <laughs> trade Jimmy Butler? Why did Philadelphia trade Jimmy Butler? I mean, this is what's wrong with the modern NBA is that he is clearly an all-star two-way player, wing player. He is worth all the money. And three teams said no. And Miami went to him and said, we don't waste games. We practice hard every day. We require your best. All right? And that's the environment he needed to be in. But if you look at all the stories from Chicago to Minnesota, they all try to make Jimmy Butler be the bad guy because he just wanted to win. And it's one of the travesties of the people that control the outputs on these players, all right, uh, put stuff on them that is absolutely incorrect. Jimmy Butler and that team of mobility, they are a team that shoots the ball well. They are a team that, that the players can guard multiple positions. All right, They're absolutely what you need to have if you don't have a great big. And they've just turned athletes into basketball players. But I expect Miami to, to put Boston to sleep. I just don't know how Boston, they've had their three top players, and maybe they're just worn out from the Raptors series. They just haven't shot the ball well. Kimba Walker has actually disappeared at times. Um, and these moments may be too too big for him. And that, and that happens. You acquire a player. Well, he's an all-star player on the worst team or the third worst team in the whole league. And you think it, it transitions. And clearly in the playoffs, it hasn't transitioned. Um, he's just played really poorly. And uh, I was worried more about his mental state. Um, his griping, his complaining, he's not the mature player that you really need to help everybody get over the hump. At least that's what it's shown on TV. So I, I expect Miami and the Lakers, I expect Pat Riley to uh, try want to come back and haunt his old employer. <laughs> Nets. Coach, how do, how do the Lakers match up with uh, Miami or Boston? It's a tough matchup because who do you put LeBron on? And it's always a tough matchup because Adebayo a lot of times brings the ball up the floor, which means Davis or Howard are going to be out on the floor and not underneath the basket. So at times Miami runs what we call inverted offense. So, you know, you have a big bringing the ball up the floor, and that's going to bring your big out to 15 or 20 feet. And they've done it very effectively. Miami, Miami shoots the ball better than – then Denver shoots the ball. It's been um, it's going to be a very interesting series, I believe. Uh, just from the standpoint, I guarantee you this: the team that drafted me, the L.A. Lakers, and the guy who's now who was the guy who was my coach and now the head of, of president of, of Miami Heat, he will have those guys so fired up about getting a ring. And remember. LeBron rejected Miami to go back to Cleveland. <laughs> so the secondary stories are almost as important as the final story. Yeah. 
Well, it, it certainly seems that uh, the NBA Finals is uh, it's going to be uh, uh, the story is going to be LeBron James, uh, and you've just pointed out various angles to that story that uh, uh, I hadn't thought about until you pointed it out again, Butch. Um, but LeBron um, maybe about to. You know, a tenth NBA Finals in the last thirteen years. When you, when you think about that, uh, it is pretty remarkable in in, in an NBA with with it's not the NBA of the fifties or the sixties. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams, and he's done it with three different teams and going back and forth. Now it's Cleveland, Miami, LA. Um, it, it's it's a pretty remarkable accomplishment. I don't. I, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, if if he wins the championship w- with the Lakers, he will he will have won with three different teams, uh, but not being one, not being a depth player, being the star of all three teams. Can't think of anybody who's done that. Um, your thoughts on on, on 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 the accomplishment of it in I, and I of actually, itself? I I actually think it's it's bigger than what you're even saying. Yeah, LeBron LeBron James was so good in high school that the Ohio High School Athletic Association suspended him and his whole team for his senior year. So this is what's wrong with the system. LeBron and them were traveling around playing. Their high school team was playing everyone. Ohio High School to try to control it and stop the growth of, you know, this individualism as they thought it. They suspended him and his whole team. They had to hire a lawyer, go to court, they won in court for him to play his senior year. So the depth and the and the opposition that he's had to overcome, I mean, it's ten times bigger than just the story of him being in ten finals. Him being in ten finals with three games is unprecedented as a star player. No, no one has ever done it as a star player. Just like we know in football, we've seen star quarterbacks move from Team A to Team B, and Peyton is the only one that's won a championship. <clears throat> Joe Montana, Brett Favre, all those guys. So LeBron's feet—he um, won't get full accomplishment because of his stance on Black Lives Matter, and so that automatically puts him at risk with 46% of the population that's Republican. So. But amongst uh, sports feats, it it should go right beside uh, Russell's championships. He is uh, he's been a remarkable ambassador and has made the league a lot of money. And he's also been intelligent enough to know when it was time for him to move. Not because he didn't like the market. He loved Cleveland. He just felt the Cleveland owner was not doing what they needed to do to win. He went with Pat Riley. Because Riley threw the rings at him, he got his rings. But when he felt that Rouse was being overbearing, he went back to Cleveland for his family. And what he's doing in L.A. is outstanding. Anyways, on that note, Butch, uh, we're going to let you go. We're going to thank you yeah. as always for uh, thanks, Butch, the bringing your passion to our show, and yeah. uh, we'll wish you the best. I, I have to, uh, Wally. I have to ask Butch questions. Does he have a Do you have a basketball card? <laughs> yes, I, I do. We got. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to check up on it. And that's uh, that's a good introduction to our next guest. We're gonna uh, 
We're going to go to break, and then right after the break, we're going to have on John Amendola, the uh, chairman of the Amendola Media Group and a sports card impresario. And uh, we're going to talk all things sports card. Butch, once again, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Take care. Always a pleasure. Butch Carter. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact-free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. We're live and we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, John Amendola. John is the chairman of the Amendola Media Group. He's a digital media guru, but more importantly for this morning's discussion, he's a sports card impresario. John, welcome. There we go. How are you guys this morning? We're we're doing great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, John, you and I have had some uh, discussions over the course of the last few months, and you've brought to my attention, which I was unaware of and embarrassed to say because I've had a lifelong passion for sports cards. They'll have many of my uh, 50s and 60s uh, cards hanging around somewhere. Apparently, the sports card market has reached levels of insanity uh, this year. Uh, Bring our listeners up to date. As you are aware, uh, most of our demographic of our listeners are uh, uh, over the age of 40, 45, let's say. We do have some younger ones, uh, younger people listen. But uh, there's a lot of us, uh, for lack of a better term, seniors who have a lot of sports cards hanging around. Uh, should we be going down to our basement again once again to see what we have? John, bring us up to speed. 
So, first of all, I got to say it was great listening to, to Butch. And he, I think the Heat are going to win. I'm just going to throw that out there. Jimmy Butler is awesome. The guy just wants to win. So, um, that was pretty cool. Like, I'm flattered that even beyond the same, you guys get to talk to all these great sports guys on a regular basis. So, if the media guru ever doesn't work and you guys need a, a third wheel, I'm in. So, Wally, <laughs> when we had lunch a few months ago, you were laughing at me. And uh, I was trying to get you, you know, let me into your basement. So, I'm a, I'm, I fit your 40 to 45 demoing and you fit the older demo. So, you know, cyclical market, sure, we can say that, you know, you just mentioned, I remember you telling me a story when you were a kid and Parkhurst stopped reducing. You got on the phone and you phoned them. Then you remember as a young adult, probably in your, in your late teens, 20s through the 70s, you were collecting. Then you probably remember with your children in the early 90s was the boom when, you know, everybody and their mother collected carts. And then that, that boom kind of stopped in the late 90s. So we call that the junk wax era from 1985 to about 1995 when people just went, you know, bananas. So I get calls all the time with people that have, you know, the, the upper deck, the Pavel Burry with his rollerblades and the Jaeger cards. And a lot of that stuff mass produced. It, it still is worth pennies. Um, anything pre-1985, especially some of that goodness that you've got sitting in your basement, um, and, and anything after the late 90s, so early 2000s, right into the into the 2015-16, the production was so low that there's stuff in there. You're hearing about LeBron James cards sell for $2 million and Mike Trout 101 Superfractor sold for $3.8 million U.S. a couple weeks ago. So you've got all these, these goats, like you're talking about LeBron as a guy that's going to go down. I mean, you're going to argue forever who's better, him or MJ. And, you know... The year he came into the league, his rookie cards, like nobody was collecting. So packs of cards that were, you know, two ninety nine in 2003, I got my hands on 10 packs of 2003 Topps basketball, and I sold all 10 of them at two seventy five U.S. a pack. So guys were spending 275 bucks to chase 10 cards. They hit LeBron because if the LeBron comes out of the pack mint, you know, you got a ten or $20,000 card on your hand. And it's just <laughs> booming. John, from from the perspective of an old guy, uh, yeah. just for lack of a better term, I'll, I'll I'll use that term for myself today. Uh, I'm si- I'm 64, going on 22. Especially if I I've love got it. Old, I love it. Uh, especially if I've got old old hockey cards, I'm looking at. But not only is this a just a hobby for you, you're, all, you're you've got a developing business going on in in sports cards uh, yeah. because this has now become uh, more so than ever. Serious business, yo. Uh, I never. What? What? what, And this? And this has taken off this year. What I call, and I know you and I have this debate, to what I call ridiculous levels. And you always back me off and say more than ridiculous. Sorry, it's more than ridiculous. So let me. Okay. So so I'll, I'll give you. I'll try to give this to you in like a ninety second version. So. The, the difference between when, you know, when, when I collected as a kid and I, I've been in this business before, my, actually my first business was this about 18 years ago online. Um, you know, you and I have spoken. So the difference of, of what the hobby has become today, it's just mainstream pop culture. So you've got famous athletes, movie stars, you know, like what about when Drake comes out and starts talking about his Michael Jordan card collection or Justin Bieber spends a million dollars on Pokemon. If you think cards are crazy, like another day, another time, look, just do yourself a favor and go watch Pokemon because you're about to see something you've never seen before in the next few years. Um, and Pokemon characters don't tear ACLs and have career-ending injuries. So, so the value of their 
of their cards just go up and up. But here's one for you, Wally. I was online last night um, ripping cards live. People are coming into the live on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, whatever, and they're actually transacting. They're buying product on my store or through a bunch of different ways, and we're we're online opening the cards. So you could argue it's almost become... I'm not going to use the word gambling. I'm going to use the word entertainment. So this is one side of it, how it's really become, it's, you know, entertainment. But the pop yeah. culture side of it, I keep telling you, it's like fine art. You're not buying a Picasso anymore. I'm, I'm 42 years old. Um, uh, you know, I become yeah. uber successful. I can only go buy so many fancy cars. But maybe I want to go out and spend 50 grand or 100 grand on the shoes that Kawhi wore when he made that shot in Game 7 against Jimmy Butler. Um, because when my buddies come over, you know, they're going to relate to that. So it, it, it's way beyond collecting. The, the commercial viability of it, the, the exposure. And then the last piece of the puzzle really is what's really taking it over the edge is the foreign money. So like um, it, Asia, China specifically, and the, the demand that they have for the product. And then lastly, um, what will really blow your mind, I'll give you this last stat, just to give you an idea of how ridiculous soccer which we take for granted here in Canada because we're so multicultural. We have this European influence. We've been watching soccer when we know that a lot of the West, uh, you know, this side, North America, isn't. Um, a box of Prism. Prism is the, the Cadillac, if you will, the Ferrari of, of trading cards. It's not Upper Deck. It's not Tops. It's a Panini Prism. The little sticker company is now the biggest sports card company on the planet. A case of 2018 Prism soccer cards, 12 boxes. And March was three thousand US, and today it's seventy five thousand US. Oh my God! So, and and the last point is, any way you slice it, you, you asked me the other day or today about that the company that's so the, the investors now. So these guys that are buying these cards, two, three, four million, they're not. It's not one guy buying the card. It's it's a group of investors. So, um, if you follow the sneaker market, Starstock, StockX, these companies, what they did was. Uh, like anything, when there's supply and demand, you have limited quantities of something that everybody wants. You allow the market to dictate the price. So that's what's happened. Uh, it, to sum it up, it's it's not only become an insane um, form of entertainment, which is just driving the desire and the value for the product. It's also become um, literally like the stock market. So you know, uh, Jamal Murray drains 51 points. His car value goes up 20 percent the next day. Wow! Yes, I'm going to let you. Uh... Uh, John, how many uh, Wayne Gretzky rookie cards were printed, and how many are Connor McDavid rookie cards? So, okay, yeah, you're a stats guy. So, okay, so that's a great comparison, um, especially because Connor McDavid was still at the end of the the thing. But if you're, I don't know the number offhand, but I'm going to tell you this: there's a company called PSA. You guys know Beckett because you guys are old school. PSA has actually been around longer than Beckett in the authentic. Uh, authentication business. However, they specialized in memorabilia for a long time until they got into the cards. So it's called what we call slabbing. You get your card graded, and what it does is it provides true value insurance. So there's um, vaults all across. People are opening up, you know, these these kinds of things. So there's only one registered Mint 10, Gem Mint 10 NAS is the absolute number one grade you can get. There is only one registered Wayne Gretzky 10 out there. And they, they say nobody's ever seen it, or there may be two of them. Nobody's ever seen them. A nine will fetch you um, as much as a quarter million U.S. A Wayne Gretzky card or a Bobby York card, I'm telling Wally over lunch, that's been run over by a card that's a one, you're still getting a couple of grand for. Now, a Connor McDavid Young Guns Rookie 10 is, is actually a modern-day card is already worth 
several thousand dollars. Um, but the argument is the same. So you could say, Naz, I'll give you a basketball analogy because I actually know the numbers. There's um, 300 Michael Jordan rookie nine. It's a half a million dollar card. And there's 10,000 Luka Doncic's. There is 500 million people chasing the Luka Doncic. The vintage market has not even close to cut, hasn't caught up yet. What's going to happen in the coming months? We're about, what are we, another month away from no more sports for a little while? They're talking about seasons aren't going to come back till the new year. You had no photographers in the bubble. There is the rage out there. Like, man, I, I can't even really give you an analogy other than like, like the craze people have. It's almost like, man, this sounds crazy, guys, but I, I'm going to almost like it. It's like an opioid almost. Like I can't even, I, I don't even know if I could give you something that's so, di- like, and there's just going to be nothing there. So you're right. I get what you're saying, Naz. It doesn't make sense, and it really doesn't. So what it's telling us is the vintage market is just about to explode. Um, I, I got a, Walter convinced me to go out and buy Jay, uh, John Bellable rookie, his favorite player. I paid 1000 for it, and I sold it for three. Just had to put a slab on it. I, I'm, I'm still, you know what, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm utterly perplexed. Uh, but I, I understand, I, you know, I, I, I took Economics 101 in, uh, in university, and, and I understand the law of supply and demand, and I also understand speculative manias, too. And there's a great book out there written about speculative mania called The Delusion of Crowds. Uh, I, I, my, my sense is, uh, and you know, and, and I love sports cards. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, there's n- nothing makes me feel like a kid again, like looking at some of my old Dave Keon or John Bell yeah, or, or or Rocket Richard cards. I mean, I just it, it, there's, but you know, to think that something that's been printed in the last three four years could be worth four million dollars is unbelievable. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I know you use the analogy that, you know, you know, older generations paid millions of dollars for Van Gogh's. And this is the, this is the, the current generation's Van Gogh. To me, I'm not so sure if it's the current ver- version of a Van Gogh or if it's the cur- current version of a 1719 tulip. Uh, well, I don't know how many, uh, I don't know how many people under the age of 40 understand the tulip mania from, from Holland in the early 1700s. But they had tulips that were selling for like uh, millions of dollars back in the 1700s until there was a collective awakening. Uh, I don't want to be critical. Uh, I get it. I get the part where you know people got excess cash, and it, this makes them this makes them feel good. Entertainment. But, but, but I, millions of that, dollars. Yeah. Millions of dollars for a card. Unreal. A guy who's just playing today. Uh, John, convince me that that if I buy a Mike Trout for four million dollars, that I'm going to be selling it for twenty five million. Yeah, Mike Trout's a, Mike Trout's a bad example because he's the best baseball player in the last twenty years. He's yeah, already done. But a better example is. You know, um, I'll give you a great example. You guys were talking about Tyler Hero. So Tyler Hero's, I'm going to call it stock, has literally gone up three hundred percent in the last series. So it's. You're a thousand percent right about the speculation, and you could call it a cyclical market. And we just agreed that every twenty, you know, Tops has been in business for 120 years. Every 25 years, there's this rush, and you could say it's going to go for two to seven years. So I'm going to say to you, what's different? 
about it. It's the global attention. So it's like saying, you know, five or 10 years ago, even never mind 10 or 15 years ago, you never thought you, I bet you didn't think that social media was going to be as real as it is. So it's like, you have to look at urban pop culture and, uh, and entertainment value. So, so if we take our demographic, if we take the, the affluent 40 to 65 year old male, let's just say, um, we're, we have a full, totally different, you know, premise. We're, we're not buying boxes of cards necessarily as much as, you know, I had a very, uh, a lawyer friend of mine call me up and he gave me a list. He's doing the man cave up and, and you know, and, and he wants his Jatoni table and he wants a, a shadow box with all the Oilers from the 90s, uh, from the 80s. He wants a curry, you know, the whole starting lineup. He wants a little shadow box. So he's got a $5,000 budget because he wants these cars in, you know, in great shape. So I think you're right to a degree. I also think, though, well, you mean you're going to have a lot of fun with this because we talk a lot and we're only in the third inning. This is like nothing I've ever, like I told you, I'm going to tell you one more time. I went online last night. I opened my phone up Instagram live at nine o'clock at a contest winner. I love it. You know me. I live for this yep. shit. I'm an entertainer. I get online. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And basically, um, Walter, we sold a thousand dollars of cards online, opening cards up and, and, you know, people missing the pack. Let's go to the next pack. And, and, and that's chump, chump change. There's guys out there in the States, couple of guys in New York specifically, I mean, there's hundreds of people doing it. It's called breaking. Um, these guys are doing a million dollars a month in revenue while they're opening cards online. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, and I know we've had this conversation. We'll continue to have this conversation. Uh, I'm flabbergasted, but, you know, the younger generation is placing their stamp on the world in a different way than our generation did. And, you know, Dave Pestchuk read, wrote, uh, wrote a pretty good article in the Toronto Star about sports card collecting. You passed on to me uh, an incredibly well-written and detailed article about sports card collecting. And this, this is how far we've gotten with sports card collecting. And for that matter, collectibles in general. Um, there, there's a company out there called Rally Road. I just, it just came to my yeah. attention last night. You can actually go online. And it's like a mutual fund or sports cards. So they've got a Mickey Mantle there. That, of course, the Mickey Mantle 1952 tops yeah. is, considered, is considered one of the holy grails. Yeah, top, top three or four cards of all time and always yeah. will be. And I, you know, most, most people cannot afford to buy that card because it's worth millions of dollars. But I can now buy a piece of that card. Yeah, I can buy a unit in that card for like 150 bucks. So I will own like one ten thousand of it. I don't think I ever get to actually personally hold it in my hands, but I can say I own a piece of that. You own a fifty-two mantle. So Starstock and StockX. Uh, Starstock started with the sneakers. It's owned by the gentleman that owns the Cavaliers. And I'm telling you, or like, and for your viewers, well, like you've got great viewers that have these collections. Like, there's, you know, I'm telling you. Uh, you said, I want to keep this stuff for my grandson. I'm saying, well, let's just pay for his, you know, his and all your future grandkids, you know, college. Cause, cause now's the time, but there's lots of guys coming around. There's not too many people in GTA. We're, we're trying to build a whole service. Um, mintink.ca, I-N-K with a K, like mint is, uh, the grading, uh, ink goes on the card. Anybody wants to talk, no more. I could talk about this stuff for days and days and days. I'm just blown away. We build businesses and brands, as you know. And Walter, I'm telling you, I've never, I've never started something from scratch that gained so much traction, revenue positive, profitable so fast in all my years doing business. Uh, Naz, we've got a few minutes left. I'll give you, I'll give you last go. What uh, sport is the most popular when it comes to cards? Uh, 
basketball, lights out, global, and now soccer. So again, it's the global demand now. So you got U.S., China, basketball right now is like it's it's destroying football, and we all know football, basketball. I've never seen any again. I never ten times more popular than the next biggest sport, which would be traditionally football, and now soccer is just taking it over. So uh, we're going to let you go, John. This has been illuminating. You and I will continue to have these discussions, but uh, you, you alluded to it. Uh, you're actually in the business. Uh, tell our listeners uh, if they have any yeah, sports cards. Awesome. Uh, tell, tell, that. tell our listeners where they can find you on the Internet. So, yeah, we're at mintinc.ca, mint, M-I-N-T, inc, I-N-K.ca. Um, we started uh, last year doing some work, as Walter said at the beginning of the show. We have a, an ad agency. I fell in the space. I love it, and we went all in. So whether you're you're looking to get back in the hobby, or you want to, you have some questions, or you have some cards you want to sell, or you want to share of a '52 mantle, we can uh, we can take care of that for you. So yeah, check us out, mintink.ca and uh, Wally Naz with one Z. You guys are awesome, and thanks so much for having me. I love the show. I love to support the show, and I, I want to come back on the show again sometime. And the last word uh, to all our listeners, if they've got some old uh, sports cards uh, in their basement, they should be keeping good care of them, shouldn't they? Or they should call me and we should talk about putting their, <laughs> their kids and grandkids through school. Okay. John right, Amendola, sports, the, the company is Mintink, M-I-N-T-I-N-K dot C-A. It's uh, certainly a fascinating, fascinating story and a fascinating business. Thanks, John. You guys are the best, John. Take care. Have a great rest of the day. Great show. Thanks, Thanks John. You, John Amendola. Naz, we, you and I have got three minutes left. Uh, uh, I, I got to tell you, I, 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 basketball is the most popular sport. I would never have thought that. Um, no, it, well, it's, 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 it's a worldwide sport to, to, in a way that, uh, that hockey isn't. As, as John said, the two big ones for sports cards are now are basketball and, uh, and soccer. I mean, we, uh, you know, we grew up in a different area, different era when, where, you know, hockey cards were the, were the big thing and, you know, and baseball cards for that matter. I mean, I remember those days, I, I really don't have any basketball cards that I can think of. Got some old CFL cards. Uh, didn't I get a chance? I got to ask John next time I talk to him if they're, uh, they're worth anything, but I've never, I've never really looked at my sports card collection as an investment. It was just, you know what? I, I look at it maybe once a year. I got all, all kinds of old sports illustrateds and old magazines and stuff. And man, you sit down in an hour and an hour and a half and I've got a grandson coming along who may be, uh, may be interested in some of this stuff. To me, that's what it's all about, but I get business. I understand economics. And I understand a world. And John made the, the the point that is incredibly important. What's changed uh, and has made these things so incredibly valuable is is the worldwide demand. Kids all over the world, not just kids, but you know, you know, grown men and grown women who have uh, a lot of zeros at the end of their net worth statement are buying these things, and it's it's driven, it's driving these uh, these. Uh, Amounts to insane levels. Naz, really, really quickly, we've got a minute. Uh, uh, Stanley Cup Corey, Finals. Is Corey Perry going to bring Dallas back? What a game he played last well, night. I mean, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I watch Corey Perry play and I watch Joe Pavelski play, I said, you know, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I said, man, those guys would look good in the Toronto Maple Leafs uniform. I don't, I don't think Dallas is paying those guys all that much. They're, they're, they're you know, you, you get veterans. I mean, the Perry... I don't think if I don't, you know, he, he's not a guy who's 
you know, drops his gloves and, you know, beat the crap out of you. But there isn't anybody in the league, you know, when you're when you're in from the face-off circle to the net and standing in front of the net, there isn't anybody in the league that does it with his determination and with his skill set. Um, you know, I look at him every time I said, man, well, man, well, how good he would look in a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform. And Pavelski, for that matter, no quitting that guy, I'll tell you. You, you, you talk about guys who bring it, determination. You know, it's like they play a heavy game. Uh, man, we need a couple of those guys. Nas, we got to go. Shattenkirk, $1.3 million. He's a $5 million defenseman. How did Tampa get him? Well, the debate for another Sunday morning. Uh, Naz, we got to go. Uh, to all our listeners, have a fantastic and safe week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thanks for listening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.